0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlu.org. Um well, hey, I am just so excited today to have my family here. Um if any of you know this um We've, you, this church has been praying for my mom for a year and a half, and um, we didn't know that she'd ever be here, and so um, just really grateful that she's sitting here today, and my sister and my nieces are here, and I just want to um, give God all the glory that that is even happening, and so yeah, would you celebrate with me, and so speaking of that... I'm gonna have my dad come out this morning and he's gonna read our opening text today. So if you'll, um, actually, would you stand with me? And if you have your Bibles, if you'd pull it out to Luke 17, um, verses 11 through 19. Thank you, Dad.
1: Let me say first what an honor it is to be here at Life Point Louisville. And um, what a beautiful spirit this morning. And I also wanna thank you for all the prayers that went up. For my wife and Pastor Jen's mother, we thank you very much for that. <clears throat> let's let's look at the Word of the Lord. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, "Jesus, Master!" Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asks, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God praise except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well.
0: Amen. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Hey, if you'll close your eyes real quick, I'm gonna pray for us as we get started. You can go ahead and have a seat. Lord, we thank you so much just for the privilege it is to be your sons and daughters. Lord, we're thankful to be in your presence today. God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for what you're doing through this church. And Lord, I just pray today that as I communicate, Lord, that, that my words would not be mine, but they would be yours, Holy Spirit, that you would flow and move through me. In the name of Jesus, and that hearts would receive what you have called in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, hey, wasn't that special? Wasn't that really special? I thought it was special. I was like, well, I can do whatever I want to do. I'll have my dad read the Word of God. That was great. Um, you know, I, as I was studying this um, scripture this week, you know, it's Thanksgiving, right? How many people are ready to eat a lot of food? Me too, although I can't really eat anything, but I'm excited to eat what I can eat. Uh, But of course, we have to talk about gratitude today, right? Because it's Thanksgiving week, and this story shows a really um, beautiful formula that I wanna go through today, and so we're gonna jump right in. If you're taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, what should you do? Take notes, yeah. Uh, Point one today is that a heart of gratitude will create worship What we see here in this example is this leper in verses 15 and 16 he says, it says one of them when he saw he was healed came back Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. See, what he did was he expressed his love for what Jesus had done for him. And I was thinking, even today, as we were singing, I think maybe sometimes some of us get confused why we worship, or maybe you have sat out there on a Sunday morning and you have said, Man, those people are crazy. They like jumping all over the place and like, why do they do that? Why do they act that way? And and worship isn't just what happens here on a Sunday morning, it's our whole lives. And so maybe you've encountered someone that you're like, why do they just like, Thank Jesus all the time. And why do they love God so much? Well, I think if we could learn from this leper, we'd learn that it's a heart of gratitude that leads to this overflow of worship. What this man did, see, there was how many that were healed? Ten. And how many came back? And I don't know what was different. You know, he was a Samaritan. The other nine were not. Maybe for him, it was like, I'm not used to having something miraculous happen in my life. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was common to the others, but whatever it was in him, there was a heart of gratitude that caused him to come back and throw himself at Jesus' feet. It's almost like he knew this verse in Psalms, Psalm 1 through two. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. I don't know, but I think maybe there were probably some people that when he came back that were maybe a little uncomfortable with that. Maybe they thought, why is he acting like that? Where did he find in the Torah that you can present yourself to Jesus in that way? Because I don't see that anywhere. You think anybody thought that? You think that they might have, maybe the disciples were even, why is he acting like that? You know, a year or two ago, we talked about um, that God likes to be praised. He likes to be worshiped. And not only does he like it, but there's a certain way that he likes it. There are some Hebrew words in the Bible that talk about this praise, this worship. There's 11 of them, but there's seven that are most commonly used. And so what I think we're going to find through here is that not only what this man did was not only appropriate, but it was scriptural. It was what he was called to do. Um, so I'm going to really quickly, I think we're going to have them up here, maybe. Um, seven words. The first one is toda. That is a thanksgiving choir or a praise. Then there's barak. These are words that are Hebrew words that are used in the Bible when it is translated into what we would say praise or worship. Barak is to kneel in thanksgiving. Tahila to sing a song of praise or thanksgiving, not to be confused with tequila. Tahila. That might make you do some singing and dancing, but Tehillah. Then there's halal to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. That might also do that too. Uh, then there's yada to give thanks with extended hands. Zamar to give thanks with a musical instrument. That's what these beautiful people up here were doing today. And then shabak to give thanks in a loud tone. And these are used over and over and over and over again in the Bible. There's this verse in Psalm that I love, it's Psalms 104 and it uses four of those words in one verse, I wanna read it to you. It's Psalm 104, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, that word thanksgiving is toda, the thanksgiving choir, and into his courts with praise, that's tehillah, singing praises. There's be thankful, that thankful word is yada, to extend your hands to him. And bless, that word bless is barak, to bow before his name. And so I wanna read a paraphrase version of that with those words translated because I think it's really beautiful. And it's a great example of what it shows for us to do. It says enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir. And into his courts with singing praises, Be thankful by extending your hands to him and bless him by bowing before his name. Isn't that beautiful? So next time, maybe you're feeling a little like, I don't know, I don't know how to worship. I don't know what to do. Just pull up Psalm 104. We'll, we'll put that out there somewhere for you guys so that you can have that. But it's so beautiful. I think what we hear and what we see in the word of God is that it is the way he likes to be thanked. He likes to be thanked when we extend our hands to him and we say, thank you, Jesus. It's not an act of show. It's no, it's really, it's our hearts to bow before him and say, we bless your name. You are holy and you are mighty. And you know, I know that everyone doesn't have the same personality, right? Some of us are a little more introverted than others. Some of us are a little more expressive than others. But if the word of God calls us to do something, don't you think that's something we should do? And so maybe for you, it's a new muscle you need to start flexing. You know, these people that come up here on a Sunday and maybe you see there's a group of, um, we call them YWAMers. Is that inappropriate? Is that offensive? Okay, okay. Uh, they, you know, they love Jesus. They are all, in it. And, and so maybe they've been flexing that muscle a little more than you have, but that doesn't mean that we can't all grow in that. And so God wants us to worship him. We are all called to express our love and gratitude to him in worship. You know, as I was praying about this, I was thinking about maybe why, why, what are some of the ways that, or reasons why people, it's uncomfortable for them. I think one of the things is maybe you were raised in a family that didn't show or express love or gratitude. You know, maybe you were in a family that never hugged or you didn't see, you didn't have parents that hugged and kissed each other. And so for you, it's uncomfortable and and you don't know what that looks like to express that to God because you never saw that in your home. But I wanna tell you something really cool (laughs) that if you have accepted Jesus, you're in a new family. Did you know that? That he adopted us as sons and daughters and your new family, guess what? It's not dysfunctional. It's not. It's not dysfunctional. I mean, maybe like the earthly family is dysfunctional, but the heavenly family is not dysfunctional. You have a heavenly father that is not dysfunctional. That he loves you and he wants to lavish his love on you and you to do the same to him. And I think what we see next in this example with this leper is that point two, if you're taking notes, is that miracles develop a heart of gratitude. Luke 17:15 says, When he saw he was healed, he returned. And I don't know about you, but if I'd just been healed of leprosy, I probably would have been freaking out. Like this was a disease that, and I've never seen it. I've never seen it today. I know that it's still in the world, but most modern medicine has eradicated that. This disease would really like, totally demolish someone's body. And as it started, it not only was extremely painful, but it would begin to allow sores to develop. And then as the disease progressed, that would often take up to 30 years for it to fully run its course in a person's body. Their nerve endings would start going dead. And so that would cause more injuries because they couldn't feel anything. But more than that, honestly, I think the pain was, the social and emotional and physical pain because they were separated from everyone in society. By law, you come down with leprosy, you have to leave your family immediately. You Can't hug them goodbye, you can't kiss them goodbye, you have to go and you have to go to a leper colony and not be around anyone else ever again. In fact, they were required by law to yell, unclean, unclean. So that no one could get close to them. Can you imagine being healed of that? And then being the only one that turned around. I mean, the immense healing that took place in that man's life that brought him back to throw himself at Jesus' feet with this overflowing heart of gratitude. And I don't know why the text doesn't say, I don't know why the other nine did not. And maybe you've heard it preached and, and this is a common story and, and maybe you've read it before and you said, well, I would never be that person. I'd, I'd be the one. I'd be the one that would go back. But I think we act in that way all the time. You know, Jesus came down and gave us the best miracle that we could ever, ever, ever ask for ultimately when he came down and then went to the cross and took all of our sins and of all of our diseases and all of our pain and everything to the cross and died for you and I and then rose again three days later so that we could have a pathway to him that all those things that used to be in the way were no longer there. Ultimately, that's the greatest miracle that we could ever experience and yet sometimes we don't see that. And that in and of itself is enough to say, I'm gonna Barak, I'm gonna bless your name, I'm gonna bow down, I'm gonna yada and extend my hands. But you know, there's all kinds of other little miracles that happen around us. We talked about my mom a second ago. It's, it, that is, it's a big miracle. But we're still waiting on another miracle for her. But it's a miracle that she got in a car and drove here 12 hours. It's a miracle that you woke up this morning and you had breath in your lungs. It's an absolute miracle. It's a miracle that you had a car to get into and drive yourself to this church. It's a miracle. But often we're looking at everything else and, and we don't see that. And I'll be honest, I don't know that I can tell you that word miracle, it's hard for people because maybe you're waiting on that big M, capital M, miracle in your life. And I don't know whether that will happen in the way that you're wanting it to happen, but I do know that regardless, that doesn't alter who God is, and it doesn't alter his character. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if we would just remember that the miracles are all around us, that would develop this heart of gratitude in us. And that heart of gratitude would lead us to just say, I'm just going to pour my love out on you, Jesus. And if you're taking notes, the last point today is that obedience often precedes a miracle. You see in Luke 17, 14, it says, When he saw them, he said, go. Show yourselves to the priests and listen to this. And as they went, they were cleansed. Or you could say, if we paraphrase that, as they obeyed. <laughs> and you know, in that moment, those ten men could have said, "Well, actually, by law, we're not supposed to go to the priest until we're until we're healed, because that's just that's like the law. Um, so we can't go yet because we're not healed." No, they heard what Jesus said. He gave gave them a command and they turned around and did it. And as they did it, a miracle happened. This is all through the Bible. Do you know that, um, I was thinking about this, when the Egyptians were, I mean, the Israelites were fleeing Egypt and the Egyptian army was right on their tails and they get to the Red Sea and God tells Moses, raise your staff And I don't know, maybe Moses could have said like, hey, actually God, there's a big army coming and I feel like I need a little better battle plan than just like holding a stick up. I don't know, it seems a little, but no, he he did it. And then what did God do? What did he do? He parted the sea. He produced a miracle and it's everywhere. And I think what God may be saying to us is if we would just listen, that he has put a whole really cool thing together for us. It's this right here. It's called the Bible. And that if we would just open it up and then we would just listen to what it says and then we would just do it, that a miracle could be on its way. And you know what, I'm not saying that always the miracle is that big in miracle. It could be the very fact that you get your eyes off the pain and the hurt and you see the miracles that are already in your life. It's a, you remind yourself of what Jesus did for you. Maybe for you it's a miracle of there's utter hell breaking out in your life and everything around you seems to be crashing and burning but you've got a supernatural peace. God wants to do that for you. He wants to do that for you today. And if you're in here and you feel like, I've been waiting for a miracle and I've been waiting and I've been looking and I've been asking for God to do something in my life and it is not happening, it is not happening, I think if we could just listen to what he says and we would just obey him and we would just come back to what he has called us to do, that there would be peace that would flow through our hearts. So I saw this in a sermon this past week, and I don't know if the keys can come out at any point, Um, but I've never put these two things together and um, I thought it was really cool so I'm gonna read it to you. Um, You've probably heard this said before that if there is a passage of scripture that you're reading or studying that you should read the context around it if you haven't ever heard that before. It's really key to do to understand what's happening in that scripture and so if you're reading something, read what happened right before it and maybe what happened right after it, that will give you good context. So right before this passage where Jesus heals those 10 lepers, he's giving, at the beginning of uh, Luke 17, he's giving his disciples some instructions, and I wanna read that to you. Picking up in Luke 17, one through five, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. What he's kinda saying there is like uh, translated offenses, okay? There's gonna be some temptations to sin. You're probably gonna get offended, okay? That's gonna come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. So what he's saying there is like, This, he's speaking to the offender. That's first. He said, it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to watch or cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. But now he's going to speak to the offendee. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Here's my paraphrase of that section. Maybe Jesus was like, listen, guys, people are gonna offend you, okay? It's gonna happen. And um, they're gonna offend you, but I want you to forgive them. Do you get that? Okay, and then when someone offends you, I want you to forgive them. And and they maybe said, okay, we, we could do that. But he says, wait, I'm not finished. <laughs> I, like, even if they offend you in the same way, seven times on the same day, I still want you to forgive them. And so then they say in verse 5, well, actually, I think we're going to need a little faith for that. But Jesus goes on to say in verse six, he says six through 10, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant, when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. And maybe you're confused and you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, think about this. Jesus had just said, you need to forgive people. You need to forgive them. And then they say, well, we need more faith for that. And he says, no, you don't. You don't need faith. You need to do what I told you to do. I know that's strong. It's, it's really strong, but I didn't, that's in the Bible. I did not make that up. I did not paraphrase that. That is what it says. He says, I need you to do this. And they say, we need more faith. And he says, well, does a servant get thanked for doing what he was told to do? That's why I think he told that story. He's trying to say, maybe it's even as if, I think, do you think this about Jesus that, you know, he was all things, right? And so I think there was probably every once in a while, a little attitude in him. You know, he was probably like, do you tell a servant thank you? No, because they did what you told them to do. And so do what I told you to do. And so he says, I need you to forgive them. And they say, we need more faith. And, and so then right after that, they're walking along and here comes the 10 lepers. And they're like, have mercy on us. And maybe, just maybe Jesus was like, hey, you know what I just told you about? I need you to forgive people. And, and you said you need more faith, but you don't. You just need to obey what I said. Let me show you what happens. Let me show you what happens when you obey. And so he said, go and show yourselves and as they went, they were healed. You know, a lot of us could be carrying around some unforgiveness in our hearts. Maybe there's some things that we've been holding on to, or maybe there's ingratitude. I, I honestly think that there's a lot of us, and maybe someone sitting in here today, that maybe it's not even just that you're, like you, don't, you can't see the gratefulness, but that you're mad at God and you've been upset and you're confused of why everything else seems to be happening for other people and not you, and you're mad. And you say to me, okay, I get you want me to worship, but how could I do that? How could I lift my hands to somebody that I'm mad at? But I just think that if we could just get our eyes on him, and he's, he's told us some things in here to do, and, and it's not always easy, Did he promise us it would be easy? No, he did not. But he did promise that he'd always be with us. And so if we would listen to his word, that I think when we would do that, when we'd make that choice to obey what he's called us to do, that maybe our big miracle doesn't come, but we see the victory that we already have in our lives. We see the victory that's already surrounding us by the life and the access that we have through Jesus. And maybe that's when our heart of gratitude will begin to overflow. I don't know if any of you um, were coming up this week. I was thinking about Thanksgiving again and um, giving thanks. And um, we uh, have a five year old, and I try to get him to pray all the time for his food, and he's like, meh. You know, he does it at school, but um, I'm trying to teach him that everything that we have is something that we need to give thanks back for. And that's a phrase that people used to use a lot before they would eat this, let's give thanks. Um, but in the Bible, I couldn't see, and now I'm not a Bible scholar, so um, Denny can correct me, um, but I couldn't see anywhere until Jesus comes on the scene that at the mealtime, it would say, they, you know, they'd be eating, they'd break bread, and then it would say about Jesus, and he gave thanks. And so, um, I don't know, but maybe, just maybe, Jesus did that because he's, eating this bread and he says, let's give thanks for it. And I know this bread is, it's common. It's what we eat all the time. And I know maybe you get sick of it. Like, I wish we could have some steak every once in a while. We've got this bread again, but maybe, just maybe, he said that let's give thanks for this bread because this bread is a miracle. And our heavenly father provided this for us we have food to eat and nourish ourselves. And maybe for you, there's some things in your life that have become common, that the friends in your life that support you and that call you out when you're doing the wrong thing. And maybe it's your church family that you've taken for granted and it's just become common to you. Maybe it's the breath that's in your lungs This has become common. This is what we do, you know? I have a car to drive and I have food that I can eat every day and have clothes that I can put on my back and it's just, yeah, it's common. Everything's common. I think if we could just look at it and know that it's a miracle, that our heavenly father provided it for us. And if we could give thanks for what he's put in our hands and maybe what's in our hands isn't what we want and we want more and we want more and we want more and we want more, but what he's put in our hands, it's a miracle. And your family and your friends and those around you, it's a miracle if we could just give thanks. We could see what he's doing in our lives. And so today I just want to ask you a question. What's the area of obedience that maybe you've been avoiding and that God has asked you to do over and over again and maybe the obedience is simply just just continuing to do what you're called to do with faithfulness seems like a hard season and you're wanting more and you're wanting these things but if you would just say, I've got what I have in my hands and I'm going to lead with that faithfully. Or maybe he's asking you to take a step of obedience in some other way with your life that you would sacrificially give of yourself to someone. The holidays are a great time to show up and be there for people. I don't know what it is but I want you to think about what's the area of obedience that he's asking you to step into and that you would do that because I think when we do that, we'll, we'll begin to see miracles in our lives. And yes, I am not saying that everyone's gonna start walking around and cancer's gonna fall off of everybody. And it, I don't know, maybe it is, but maybe the miracle is that you have peace in your heart again. And then that miracle, it'll produce gratitude in your heart and you won't be able to stop worshiping him. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today, maybe for you, uh, maybe you're in this room today and your step of obedience is giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't ever done that yet. And maybe you, um, Maybe you need to listen to what he's asking you to do. That he's saying, if you would just give yourself to me, if you'd just let me in, if you would just give me all of you, I could do something really cool. So if that's you today and you've never given yourself or your heart to Jesus, I know it's uncomfortable, but I'd just love it if you'd raise your hands in the room that I can know who I'm praying with and, and for those of you in this room that have already taken that step of obedience, I think that God's asking us all to step into something in this season. I believe there's greater destiny in each and every one of our lives. And that's not being a prosperity gospel preacher, it's being the word of God. That the word of God has called us to things and maybe that's faithfulness in your season right now, but. I'm praying right now that whatever that is in your heart, that you would lean in, that you would listen, that you would trust him. So God, right now, I just ask that every person in this room, that they would listen to your voice today. And that what you're calling them to, it might seem big and it might seem scary, or it might just seem I've done this over and over again. God, I just pray that faith would rise in this room and that every heart that has felt weary and that has felt overcome and that has felt like, when is my answer coming? God, that you would just let your supernatural peace rest on them right now in this moment. And that they would walk out of here knowing that you you have prepared something for them God and that we would look at what's in our hands and we would no longer see it as common we would just have an overflowing heart of gratitude to you Jesus and so God we just God, we give you the glory and the honor and the power and the praise for there is none like you, Jesus. You are worthy, you are mighty, you are holy. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for this day. God, I pray a blessing over this church as they go into this week, as there's travels. Lord, as people are gathering around with their families, Lord, I just pray that um, where there's tension, that Lord, your peace would rest on that tension this week, God, that families would be able to unite. And if there's people in this room that don't have family, God, that they would connect with someone today, Lord, and that you would be their peace. And so God, we just thank you. I thank you for the privilege it is to be your daughter. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And can the church say, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.